Canada Hoops is proud to be presented by and partnered with Betstamp. Find the best odds for your sports wagers by using Betstamp to compare the best available odds. Get your betting edge as you shop for your odds across all of your favorite sports books. The true edge in online sports betting is having multiple accounts at different sports books. With Betstamp, you can link your sports books using BetLink. Download the BetStamp app today. BetStamp. Bet like a pro. And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada Hoops. It's your boy, Maddie. Thank you for your continued support. Please continue to download and subscribe to us. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Our tremendous guest today represents Edmonton, Alberta. She is a former Harry Ainley Titan Marquette Golden Eagle and has played professionally in France over the past seven years. She was a longtime member of the senior women's national team for Canada basketball where she became an Olympian representing Canada basketball with the senior women's national team at the 2016 Rio Olympics. And she has become a vital piece for the women's 3x3 team for Canada basketball, most recently winning the FIBA 3x3 America Cup for Canada basketball. Make some noise for Catherine Plouffe. Catherine, thanks for joining us on Canada Heat. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to dig in and chat here and see... Uh what we Yeah, me too. I know uh, you've put a lot of work in, in the game and uh, have an impressive career. Uh, so I have been looking forward to this. Uh, how are things, Catherine? Let our, our listeners and your fans know how you're doing and, and just what you've been up to recently. Uh, doing good. So right now I'm back home in Edmonton. Um, it's going to be my home base for the year. So most recently, retiring from five on five basketball so um finishing off my pro career going overseas and stuff uh after this last season in france and so just came off a really just busy and exciting summer with 3x3 basketball playing with um my teammates we've really been all over the world so that's the neat thing about 3x3 basketball it's often not in our home country but you know we would also love to be in our home country so um like you said, most recently came back from the 3x3 AmeriCup. That was in Miami. It was funny. We left when it was fall, came back, and it was full-on winter wonderland. So um, it's good to be back in Edmonton nonetheless. Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about the, the AmeriCup. Um, obviously very successful. And um, you've, you've, your group has been like dominating the 3x3, you know, in your opinion, what makes, you know, you, Michelle, Casey, and Paige so strong uh, as a unit? That is a good question. And okay. <laughs> because I, I I would like to maybe, like, take a look at it and see, like, how can we build this for the future? Because obviously we're not going to be around um, long, like, I'll speak for myself, long, long term. So, you know, how do we recreate right. this? Um, and I think one of the most crucial pieces is that we feel so um, free to play with each other and just we trust each other a whole lot and um, built from obviously relationships off the court. Um, But really that's come from playing with each other and just believing in each other. And I think oftentimes when there are um, just like different um, limits to when you're playing five on five and you know there's people who are coming in on rotation someone can take your spot and all that but on three x three we got to play with everyone and a huge component of succeeding in that is that we got to trust each other we got to trust that you know you got to take your sub because we need to last this 10 minutes this like grind of full exhaustion and so we really just um know what our strengths are 
I think, and like also believe that people can pick up if someone's not having a day, like there's, there's just a whole lot of trust. Um, and obviously we work hard to be good at our craft. And so, um, it's not like, oh, we believe in each other, even though our skills are terrible. It's like we believe in each other because we know people, um, we're all putting work in to um, stay at a high level. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, you all make it look uh, somewhat easy, but I, I know the work, uh, you know, behind the scenes is, is very intense. Uh, so does this, like, set you up? You guys are uh, trending towards uh, Paris for the Olympics? Is that... Like the goal, would you guys look to be that unit that goes? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always some things that could come in and be a factor, like you know, bodies and injuries and stuff. But that's been a goal of of when we originally started was to get to the 2020 Olympics. And so um, missing out on that was it is what it was. I think it fueled our journey and just you know, if we had that success right away, would that have continued to build our um, chemistry on the court? in the way it did. I'm not really sure. So um, it's definitely a goal of the program and what we've like our heart of it is to get um, the team to the Olympics for sure. Well, we uh, look forward to uh, that journey for you all and, and seeing you there. And then uh, you were recently hired as a community ambassador for the Edmonton Stingers as well. Just touch on that and um, why you wanted to do that and just, uh, you know, perhaps the importance of, um, you know, the stingers in the community. Yeah. So, um, over the last, I guess, year, this, this past summer, really, um, just saw what they have been doing specifically Rita, the president of the stingers has been, you know, making an effort to building those relationships in the community, um, to one add value to the basketball community, the youth, um, different programs and really, using the platform of a professional organization to um, build a network basically with different organizations that maybe aren't familiar with being involved in sports. Um, And it's something that I was looking into um, just as we were building our plan for our 3x3 team in how different um, organizations or, um, our teams were going about it to build their network and um, get involvement from different partner sponsors and just sewing into communities. And I forget what soccer club in um, the U S it was, it was a women's professional team, but they were really had a vision to um, bring in different um, businesses and organizations as a part of um, their sport organization as a way to like bridge networks and say like, Hey, I know it's, you know, a little unfamiliar cause you're not a sport organization, but here's where you can add value. Here's where we can work together and leverage both our networks to do good in the community or do good for, um, each organization. And so, um, just as I was, you know, learning more about that and then seeing what Reed was doing with the stingers, I was like, you know what, they're actually doing great things in the community. And, yeah. um, that's something that I really value is that, you know, it's not just a sport organization here taking, 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 because <laughs> that is not longevity in, in my eyes to build a successful, one successful and one valuable to the community at large program. And so um, I just thought as, you know what, I have um, many years experience seeing how professional clubs operate, especially in women's basketball in France. They really, um, at least one of the ones I was a part of really did a good job of um, partnering with different businesses and organizations in the community. And, um, and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of building relationships. Um, But I saw that as, you know, this is experience that I have. Let me see if I can add value to it in what you're doing at the stingers, just even seeing it. It's not like I'm the, I'm the person going out and building these relationships for the organization, but just having eyes and experience of what that looks like. Um, I was like, Hey, maybe I can fill a gap here. Um, if that could add value to what you're doing. That was a long winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. Cause, uh, it's really good insight and I think it's important. And, um, you know, I've gone to stingers games and then I was, 
recently uh, in Edmonton. They're uh, coming up on a week and a half ago for the the qualifiers, right? And just that relationship that um, not only the CEBL, but obviously the Stingers in particular had that weekend. Um, I was only there for the Venezuela game, but uh, I've met Reed, a really good dude. And I just think, you know, the Stingers uh, are in really good hands and it just makes a ton of sense. So when I saw that uh, you had been appointed, I just thought, you know, that's, that's great. Right. And I, I, um, you you hit it on the head just in terms of your experience. It makes a a ton of sense. So, you know, to me, it doesn't get any better than that. And I just think, you know, you uh, are the perfect hire for that. You know, you have the experience and you've seen how other programs and, uh, and teams operate within the community. So I thought that was uh, really good. Um, Can we run it back? Tell us about a young you growing up in Edmonton, uh, you know, how basketball started for you and just, did you play other sports? Just kind of take it back to, to a young Catherine. Sure. All the way back. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I had three, well, I would count Michelle as my, not my older sibling. So three older right. siblings who played sports. And so, um, I was in the gym with them, you know, getting tagged along with the family to, um, watch my older siblings play. And so, me and Michelle and my older brother Daniel, we were, um, we were just like playing in the hallways like you should do when you're a little, little younger sibling at a right. school that is new. And so, um, I was just around sports from a young age and started playing soccer. I think like when the earliest possible you could play soccer. Um, I think just my parents took it as an opportunity, like, hey, we can. Um, get outside, get you guys active and that kind of thing. And so that was, um, an opportunity that, that they chose to get us started. And so I'm super thankful for that. Um, one that they coached soccer, which they probably didn't have much experience, but that's the, that's the big value. And, um, that parents add when they, when they coach their, their kids. And so played soccer, started playing basketball, I think, on a team as young as we were able to, which was like nine years old. And so played for um, the community leagues until, you know, we were able, me and Michelle were able to play on a school team. And so, you know, we caused some, um, some, some conflict in the community. Well, we didn't cause it. Other people, you know, saw us starting to play on a school team at a younger age than they would like. And so, you know, the the politics started at an early age because, you know, when you're good and you are playing for an, one team, the other teams think it's unfair that you're too good and playing with that team. So, um, I didn't I I didn't know really what was going on, except for sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you can't play because the other school doesn't want you to play. So that was interesting growing up. But yeah, played multi sports just throughout high school basically. So junior high played um volleyball and basketball. High school played volleyball and basketball. And I'm just a huge, huge supporter of that because I know when I was in a basketball season and you know, it was a lot of um I don't know if it was just reps or like one one mindset of of thinking about things and doing things. It's, I think it's super healthy to take a, take a break from it. And so, I mean, whether you play another sport or take a break from it, I think it's um, great for kids because honestly, like there's burnout that that's happening when um, I think now when kids are playing one sport and really specializing and going all in from a young age, I just think the burnout's just going to be a lot earlier of, you know, enjoyment and, yeah, just keeping um, keeping a mindset of like I'm doing this because I like it. I think it it might be um, burning out a little bit quicker. But you know, there's highs and lows to to everything. And so, high school um, got an opportunity to go train with um, the National Elite Development Academy. It was called NIDA during right. my eleventh grade year. And so that was a program that was started as a basically like a pilot project, I think, for four years um, to take basically the best athletes across Canada 
to train or basketball. So 12 best um, female basketball players, I think 12 men's basketball players, have them train in one um, location. So that was in Hamilton, Ontario. And we lived there, we went to school, and then we just trained in an, in just a program out of the um, McMaster University. So we were like puzzle piecing things together over there. It wasn't legit. Right. There wasn't like a prep school. It was the idea of a prep school, but the structure wasn't there yet because it was still new. And so that was a great experience. There was moved away at like 15, 16 years old. And so um, learned a lot there. Um, it was great to be challenged there. It was great to have an experience of um, you're on your own. You need to make this happen. And also being around players that were better than me for uh, a whole season of basketball. And um, that program funding got cut. And so it was just a one year, one year gig. And then back to Edmonton for my 12th grade year. And so, yeah, it's been like a journey I couldn't have expected uh, up until that point, but um, definitely, you know, definitely on purpose. I think God was weaving things together in there that would (laughs) tell a great story. And so, um, yeah, that was up until high school. So I'm going to pause there because. Well, I wanted to ask. No, I wanted to ask about Nita because. Um, yeah. Um, were you there the same time Natalie was there? Or did you guys yep. play at Nita? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. and then I've had Kalisha Keen on the podcast uh, early on, and she was uh, at Nita as well. Um, so I know it was a, a good program when it was running for. A lot of players. Yeah. Um, when you start, you know, really loving basketball, Catherine, and playing the game, you know, who did you look up to on the basketball court? Whose game did you really like? Good question. You know, honestly, I didn't, I wasn't um, watching like the NBA. I wasn't watching women's basketball on TV because it really wasn't on TV. And so, right. Um, for me, it was one, my older sister, Andrea, she was, um, she's six years older than me. And so, um, even just seeing, you know, her play with her teammates, she went down, um, on a scholarship to university of Washington. And so honestly, like, because of that, I just expected that that was the path for me. <laughs> like, that's just what we do. We play basketball, we get a scholarship to the States and then we continue after that. And so, um, Seeing her do that was uh, a huge influence and um, whether like I verbalized it or not as like she was my inspiration. Well, I did do a school project that she was my inspiration one year. So nice, I go find nice. that. But <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like other um, uh, people who are influencing me as role models in the basketball community, I guess it wasn't until I started playing with um the national team and basically players that were older than me, it wasn't necessarily a, a, um, a goal I had to be like someone. It was just, I wanted to be around um, other basketball players who were better than me, even though it's challenging. Like when I got opportunities to um, play up or to, yeah, be challenged in some way, that's the thing that I was like, that was pulling me. And so each path along the way where I had an opportunity to um, play up like that, I was like, okay, there's things to get better at. Like (laughs) there's always things to work on. And so that was a huge pull for me is because I never, you know, saw myself as like, I've arrived yet. There was always someone better than me. Um, And so I always thought of it like, okay, there's more work to do. And I was on like the process of growth rather than, I'm trying to be like someone or, you know, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think, um, when you watch players, you know, you kind of not really, you know, you're, you're looking to improve, right. And you know, what mm-hmm. can you kind of take from other players to help your game? And then, um, totally. I, I just wanted to talk about, uh, Harry Ainley. Uh, you had a lot of success there and, um, yeah. you know, city and provincial titles, you were awarded Miss Basketball Alberta, um, obviously playing alongside Michelle. 
uh, a lot of success there with the, the one year in Nita. Um, and it led to, uh, you know, your recruiting and your scholarships, uh, offers, you know, did, I'm curious, um, did a lot of schools try to recruit both you and Michelle at the same time to come play together? Or was it at that point in your life, are you, are you focused maybe on, you know what, we need to kind of have our own path, um, take our own route, um, I'll just talk about that because it can be a, a difficult time for a young person and um, just take me through your, you know, your recruiting process and your offers and, you know, the decisions you were looking at. Yeah, so when uh, we were both out in NIDA, I think is when, um, you know, like recruiting letters started coming in. And so at that point, um I was kind of familiar based on my older sister's experience, like people contact you and then you talk to them, (laughs) maybe go on a visit and, you know, see where you want to go. Um, That was the extent of what I, what I knew. And so when that started happening, there was, um, there was a gap in knowledge and understanding for me on one, how to communicate with these people. (laughs) Like I was like, they'll always, they'll always come and contact me like, even if I don't contact them, like they'll want me. So they'll keep contacting me, that kind of thing. And so when, um, uh, when that started happening, I didn't really make an effort to build relationships with these coaches that were contacting me. Didn't know how to, um, didn't understand, like there are certain rules on, on when you can communicate with players and that kind of thing. Didn't really understand that. And so, After I went back to Edmonton after my 11th grade year, um, I didn't have those relationships built. Schools probably were like, okay, she's not interested because she's not talking to us. <laughs> right. And so um, basically like all those um, connection points fell off for me because I didn't really pay attention to them. Like I didn't, one, I thought I was, too arrogant, like this school is not good enough for me, so I'm not going to contact them, which is totally <laughs> like, what are you thinking, Catherine? You are 60 years old. Calm down. And right. so um, during that point, it was a lot of schools that were contacting both Michelle and I because um, we're playing together. Like, it's not a not a hard sell. Like, they're, they're similar. Maybe one of them will come here. They were contacting us both, so that would have been cool. But um we both kind of did similar things and not building those relationships and weeding them out. Cause we, we thought we were too good. Well, I'll speak for myself. That's what I thought. And so, um, fast forward to, um, the summer after Nita, um, I believe that was the summer where Michelle, um, got to go to the, she made the junior national team and they okay. went to Thailand and played world championships. And, um, I was injured that summer. So, um, I wasn't on the team and so didn't have that experience, but um, was playing with the provincial team. Well, I was traveling with them. I didn't even play because I was injured, but basically right. had a different different summer. And so um, didn't really play at all. And um, Michelle came back and she had um, built different relationships with her teammates there. And so one of her teammates was at the University of Utah. And so, you know, through that connection, I think um, she had got a contact there. And so they started recruiting her. And so at that point, coming into my senior year, um, I just had no contacts basically for being recruited. And um, I think around like February, I was kind of freaking out like of my senior year. I'm like, what am I going to do because right. my only option in my mind was like, I need to be going to the States to play. Um, that's, that was the goal. Like I didn't see myself staying in Canada to play um, for university, just based on, you know, I'd seen, I've had some good experiences outside of the country. And so in my mind, that was, that was what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I started gathering like tape, like game tape. <laughs> Mom was filming in the gym tried to send those out, had some tape from um, uh, junior national team like maybe the summer before and tried to really just like, 
I was sending out the film and like contacting coaches like, hey, I don't even know what I said, but I was the one doing the contacting because I was like, I need to make this happen. And so um, I was shooting my shot with like a bunch of different schools. Um, And I think, so eventually um, two schools were interested. One, I sent my film to Arizona State University. And another one came from uh, one of my coaches at NIDA. He contacted the coach at Marquette University. And so they were also, I was talking to both of these teams. And so went on a visit to each of these schools. They both came out to see me. The Marquette coach made her way to Cardston, Alberta to watch a tournament. Like, that was the dedication right there. Did she know what she was getting into making the trip to Cardston? She did not. And in the wintertime, I'm like, what? (laughs) That's commitment. And so, um, yeah, basically had, in the end, had those two options to pick from. And so, like, totally believe God intervened in what I was doing because in that decision-making process, I was honestly really focused on, like, Arizona State, they were in the Pac-12. I had heard of them because my sister played in the in the Pac um, for her school. And so in my mind, I was like, that's a big university. Went on a visit there. It was humongous. And they just had, like, a lot of a lot of infrastructure, let's just say. And then went on a visit to Marquette University and connected more with, like, the people, the team, like, the coaches. They kind of spoke my language, like, they valued relationships. And so... Um, I was so stuck, though, because in my mind, I was like, it sounds better if I go to ASU, <laughs> Right. as ridiculous as that sounds, um, or just seeing, like, the potential in what that could do, like, going to a university like that, and so, funny story, like, it's really funny, because it was God, for sure. I was calling, I was about to make a call to commit to ASU, and... um and then the ASU, like, that day, and the ASU coach phoned me. And I was like, oh, perfect. Um, like, I was just going to call you. And they were like, yes, sorry. We've actually moved on with our recruiting process, and we're going with someone else. And I was like, okay. Wow. Well, I guess we're going to market. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, which worked out. It worked out great. I had a great time at Marquette. Um, met some great people that were um, definitely instrumental in, in my growth there. And just, I grew a lot there. And so, um, thankfully, I didn't call Marquette first and say, I'm not going there. So I didn't have any option. Yes. yes. Um, but that's how I landed there. And, um, yeah, that was the start of a, a really cool four-year experience at Marquette. Yeah, well, that's a great, uh, you know, recruiting scholarship story. Like, I've had some good ones on the on the podcast, but um, <laughs> that might be the best one. Just wow, you know, wow. Well, no, a lot of people, you know, yeah. they don't have to necessarily work or chase uh, for those offers, right? And you had to put yeah. the work in. You were you were putting film together. Uh, it was a bit of a grind for you. It just didn't. You didn't have you know, 50 offers sitting in front of you, like you had to work for it. And um, the intervention, you know, paid off in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your your trip to Marquette. Um, and you were very successful there. You know, you were named to the Big East all-freshman team and you played in all 33 games and made 30 starts. Um, you were an all-conference honorable mention in uh, 11 and 12 there. Um you know, talk about that adjustment playing at that level. Like now you're there that first season, um, you did contribute in your freshman year, but you know, maybe just take me through, um, you know, that transition on and on and off the floor at Marquette. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So when I, uh, when I arrived there, so I, during high school, I was playing a guard position, basically. Um, Michelle was like a little bit taller. And so, um, I don't know if that's why, but she just developed her skills as more of a of a forward forward player, and I was like mostly a guard. And so I got to Marquette, and there, and they said, um, "Well, no, we need you to play a post. You're going to be a four or five. And I had never 
played a four five in my life. And, um, but that's what the team needed. That's what my coach is. She's like, this, this is your role. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, well help me get better at it so I can do it. And, and I didn't, I didn't question like, okay, I'm going to need to learn how to do this. I didn't have any resistance to, um, well, that's not what I did previously. So I don't want to do that. I, didn't have that honestly I just trusted that like okay this is what you do when you um, get to a university and you're a young player and um, you know your coaches this is what they expect of you um, I, and honestly I think that having that mindset of okay this is something I'm going to grow in and just work hard and put in the effort and they're going to guide you took me uh, took me a long way um, and so that's why I got to play more as a freshman is because one, they needed me to play this position and I just worked my butt off. Like there was no, like I, I wanted to be the first one in the, like all the conditioning crap that we had to do. There was a lot. I was like, I'm going to work hard and give my hundred percent every time. Cause that's just what I do. And Louder um, for people in the back, work hard yeah. and give a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That pays off. <clears throat> pays off big time. And so, uh, like, three, I forget, I think I came in with a class of five. Two ended up transferring. Um, and so, basically, I was one of the only, one of the, one of two freshmen who really got um, to play. And I saw, like, some my other freshman teammates struggling with that because you do you do when you go to university you come from being the best on your team going into a situation where you're not the best on your team and um that's a hard I had conversation with new freshmen coming in because they also um saw that as a um there wasn't no waiting your turn kind of thing it was like I expect to be on the floor and playing a lot of minutes and my situation wasn't that I know it's it is unique, but it doesn't discount the, the value that you can add in that learning process. Because if you have a long-term mindset of like, okay, this year I might learn a lot to prepare for my next few years. If you don't have that mindset, it is very like shocking and underwhelming and discouraging when you think that um, the value that you bring, you're bringing to your team is based on the minutes you're playing in games all the time. Um yeah. What was the question you asked me? Gosh, I forgot it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I'm having to kind of go everywhere. Uh, no, I don't you know. That, adjust, that adjustment at, you know, it's Division One basketball. Uh, the Big East is a tough conference. Like, mm-hmm. um, it always has yeah. been both on the women's and men's side. Um, you know, it's a, a, a big transition, you know, but, you you know, for the, you got the minutes early in your freshman year. Um you know, you just, you seem to make it, uh, look easy. Um, that's a fun question. Did you ever, your time there, did you ever play Utah with Michelle? Like, did you guys ever match up against each other in games? Yes. So in our senior year, our coaches basically colluded with each other to have a, (laughs) to go to the same, um, Thanksgiving tournament. So like a non-conference tournament. And so we played one time in our four year career. And so we won is the most important thing, but (laughs) Yeah, nice. It was just a neat experience because our parents got to come watch. Um, we had a couple of high school um, coaches come watch. And so it was just special being able to share that and, like, you know, meet each other uh, on the court. It's just a fun right. thing to do. And then did you – you would have played against Natalie when she was at Notre Dame too as well, correct? Just in conference play? Yeah, played against Natalie. Um, yeah. Played against – Kayla, when she was at Syracuse. Oh, yeah, okay. Kayla Alexander. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm recording with Kayla later this afternoon. So oh, awesome. It, it all ties in. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, who else? No one, no one with, um, with Team Canada. I do remember my freshman year, though, Maya Moore scored her highest score of her career against our team. So I was like, neat and then my teammate went and asked for her autograph after and i was like oh yeah okay (laughs) 
Yeah. So what? So what are some just overall, just you know, best memories playing at Marquette and just uh, you know, you know, in university, just it's a great time for for people to just any uh, any good memories or great memories that really stand out for you. Uh, definitely going to the tournament to play against um, Utah. That was just memorable because you know our schools right. made it happen for us. Um. I think we were both each, or we were each, you know, a big part of our programs. And so that was just a cool thing um, to be able to do. Um, things that I'm like not one to remember games at all. So it's nothing, it wouldn't be anything like <laughs> basketball court related, oh, except for we went to the NCAA tournament in my freshman year. Um, I had a great group of seniors. And in my freshman year, and um, I think that's a huge part of of why we got somewhere was because they really led the way in like setting the tone for a team um, in working hard and like get over yourself. You need to work hard every day in practice. Um, and I don't think we had like there was there's just different personalities and and strengths you bring as in leadership. Like it's each teammate is not going to bring be the same in how they lead um, themselves and the team. And so just the combination of leadership we had in the, in my freshman year was super special. Um, I mean, got to travel all over the country. That was pretty neat. We, we did travel like private. So actually that was very, very thankful for that. So private university, maybe they had the funds to do so. Um, yeah, went to, we didn't do an international trip as is common in um, Div 1 to have an experience like that, but we did go to the U.S. Virgin Islands one year for a tournament, so that was a cool experience. Um, but mostly, like, yeah, I was just building relationships with my teammates um, and, like, the process. It's, it's, like, sometimes boring, but it's a four-year process of growing and developing and building relationships with people so no great stuff i that appreciate that uh uh and then you turned pro um you know what options and leagues did you explore i know um you were in france for almost seven years um and france typically has one of the better uh women's leagues um just kind of take mm-hmm. me through that process as you as you turn pro and you and you're leaving marquette yeah, so actually I didn't have uh, a lot of options leaving um, Marquette. I actually played my first year in Romania. Um, okay. And, yeah, oddly enough, I had never expected to go to Romania. Um, it wasn't on my radar as a great league to go to. Um, right. Funny enough, though, my college roommate and best friend, she on teammate, she was Romanian. And so she came to, um, came to Marquette on scholarship like her first time living in another country and she was a um, great teammate. But um, one of my older classmates, uh, teammates, she had played her first year in Romania. And I just remember my <laughs> my Romanian teammates saying like, why is she going to Romania? Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And so that's like the thought that I had in my mind when I'm like, okay, well, is this my only offer to go to Romania? All right. Okay. And so there's just a lot of... um for myself, because this is my story, um, just a lot of comparison into, especially um, having a twin sister who does the same thing. And so that's just been like something that I've had to work through and go through since like beginning of my life. So um, it was especially, um, yeah, that was one of the points where I was like, okay, well, use this as a stepping stone. Like you're not going to, play your whole career there because I didn't want to. And so um, just had to, once again, like go back to, um, yeah, just who I am as a person is not based on my values, not based on where you're playing basketball at this moment. It's not based on, okay, how many, if you're successful in basketball or not, which is odd, odd, you know, to hear when you're trying to play um, professional basketball and you, um, it's so much based on results and where you're going, who you're playing for, how much money you're making. 
that's just the reality of, you know, it's not, it's not confined to the sports world. It's in any, it's in any part of life. And so when you judge basically your value in what you're doing to make money at the, at the end of it, it's like people are doing anything and everything to make money. And so why are you basing your value on how much money you're making to play this sport? And so I really had to, it was a growth process that year. Didn't have my best year um, in a country I didn't know. It turned out to be great because of the relationships I built there. Um, but really just didn't see it as the end. And so just once again, like had that long-term thinking in mind of, okay, it's just I got to use it as a stepping stone. Um, the comparison was only in my mind. It's not like anyone else was comparing me to my sister at that point, or maybe they were, but I didn't know them. So why should I care about their opinion? <laughs> and so right. it's just a, it's just a personal, um, personal battle, but, um, was, was great for my growth nonetheless to be in Romania. Um, and then after that, got an opportunity through Shona Thorborn because she was playing in France and um, played with her on the on Team Canada. And she said, hey, there's a spot open. And at the time, my agent was like, there's no spots open. Sorry. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I know there's a spot open. Let's So let's make this happen because I have the inside information here. Right. And so like took that open door and that got me into the league basically, which was huge. What, um, you know, what makes France a, a great place to play uh, professionally? Just take me through that. Um, you've, you've been there for a while. Um, a lot of other Canadian women's players have played there and had a lot of success. Just, you know, why do they do a great job with their league? That's a good question. I think there's a few things. Um, some of the first Canadians who went over there was um, Liz Murphy and and Shona and Kim Gaucher, Miranda Aim, like this, there was a lot of um, draw to it. One, because once they started playing there, they were like, guys, it's good here. Come play here. <laughs> and sure. so there was like that connection of, of um, like having the inside scoop on something. Like I'm going to trust your word over someone I've never heard before. And so right. that was, that was a big part of it. And um, just the league itself, um, I think there's a few things that makes that they that they value so that they keep the, the league strong, and it's um, they have they have a high percentage of French players that need to be on a team, and so um, I think you can only have four total foreigners in the first league on on a team, and so I was coming from Romania, where 90% of our players were not Romanian and only like one Romanian player, two Romanian players ever played. And so that was cool to see actually, because they really valued um, having like their own country players being developed and being able to play. Um, And they just had structure in place where like, if you don't pay players, for example, like you're out, (laughs) like there's, there's this accountability in place to hold professional clubs accountable and that helps that helps the league like that helps players want to come to a country where they know they're going to get their salary like you don't think you would assume like that's a given but in this profession unfortunately it's not a given right and so that's a huge that's a huge draw for players um also being like having a strong um top to bottom level of competition it's just a very high level um there's like the French national team players. They were typically all playing in the league or the majority of their national team playing in the league. Um, and obviously like they had programs and similar to Nita, they have incept. And so there's just um, players being developed with the hope of being on their national team. And so they were all playing in the league. And so um, if they're sticking around, like it's going to be a high level when there's, yeah, there's this. They kept their they kept their players in, allowed the league to grow, and um, because the spots were like few, I would say they were few um, for foreigners. It brought in like high level foreigners. Nice, no good insight. I mean, 
that's important for, you know, in terms of the pay, like nobody likes to work for free. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's good to be, good to be compensated. Um, and then you would have played against Michelle there too, correct? Were you ever teammates in France? No, we were never teammates. We played against each okay. other for, yep, seven of my eight years there. Mm-hmm. How many wins? How many wins did you get against her? Oh gosh, I don't need. I don't keep count. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Nice, uh, Catherine. Obviously, here on Canada Hoops, we love to chat about Canada basketball, especially with guests who have played for the program, which you have obviously done and still continue to do. You know, throughout your impressive career thus far, you know what has playing Canada, playing for Canada, meant for you. Yeah, it's been super special. Um, I know when I would always hear um, my older teammates um, say this, like, so proud to wear Canada across my chest and represent the country. And um, I found myself saying that too over the years, obviously. Um, but in terms of, like, what, what that really means, um, it's just being able to, why it's been so special is, I've been able to get that association of people. And so um, as a young player is, wow, I earned a spot to be influenced by these amazing women who are better than me (laughs) at that point, like have their influence both on the court, learn how to be a good teammate, learn how to improve my skills, learn how to be a professional. Um, and that's the huge part as a young athlete is that when you get into those situations, um, in the beginning for me, it was like, wow, um, I get to represent Canada um, as a country, like be recognized as one of the best. Um, in the beginning, it was that. And, um, you know, but the more years I was playing, it was, okay, I get to be influenced by these women. And, like, your circle of influence is huge. Um and the quality and character of the teammates that I was able to play with, especially when I was young coming into the senior women's program, um, it was super influential. I learned a lot from them on and off the court, um, how they carry themselves, how they value um, responsibility as a teammate, like playing a role for your team, and also, you know, being a leader on the team, being able to um, speak up when it's not popular and right. being able to do things, put the work in when it's also not popular. And so, um, you know, ultimately some might say like, okay, well, there's other opportunities to play in XYZ team and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it might not be someone's goal to play with their national team. That is okay for them. Like they everyone can each have their own goals. Um, but I saw that as an opportunity, one, to use it as a vehicle to get to the Olympics or to get to, have different experiences and also to get around people who were that I respected. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you're, you continue to do the three X three representing Canada and obviously on the senior women's national team, um, a great career. I wanted to ask about the, uh, 2015 Pan Am games in Toronto, uh, where you won gold on home soil. Um, just take us through that. Um, I know the basketball community in Canada was pretty um, wrapped up in that and really supporting the team. Just, uh, you know, what do you remember most about that that tournament and that team? That takes me back, yeah. Um, that was a really cool summer, actually, because we had Pan Am Games and then we also qualified for the Olympics that year. Um, right. But it was, it was cool to have a major event in Canada, a multi-sport event, Um and just being able to like live like in the village kind of life, but also be in your own country, I think was, is, is unique. Um, Cause you like know a little bit more than all the people who don't live there. <laughs> like right. how, I don't know, just people are, how the culture is and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was really cool having all the family, um, family there to support us and just like a home crowd. It makes a huge difference. Um, makes a difference when you lose, makes a difference when you win. Like there's just more support of what you're doing, what your goals are. And obviously when we 
we win and then we're walking around with our medals like people are like yeah go Kenya so that's also a fun yeah. part it's like <laughs> people are cheering you on and they don't even know you right um and you touched on Rio just in terms of qualifying but uh, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this you know you made the team for Rio in 2016 after being um from what I understand, like a late cut in 2012 in London. So even at that point in your career, you're still really working and and trying to, you know, improve your game. Just just talk about that uh, that grind too to just get to that point where you know you're making the team in Rio um, and getting to play alongside Michelle. Uh, I was you know so special to have the two of you representing Edmonton and the province as as Olympians in Rio. But just speak to that hard work you had to put in to give them no choice but to to have you on the team yeah <laughs> good question yeah um 2012 that was a hard year for me um when i okay. did get cut and um just similar to when i started my pro career and having that comparison feeling that was definitely um definitely appeared in 2012 when i got cut where there was like that but she's doing that. Like I should be there too. Not based on anything other than the fact that like we're usually a package deal and now we're not, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that was, that was like my own flawed thinking of, okay, well you still have to put the work in to be there. Like it's just reality that you're going to be two different players and have two different skill sets and be at different levels. Um, And so yeah, struggled a lot, but really was an important time to grow, like I said, my identity outside of basketball and like just based on the fact that I get cut from something doesn't shouldn't deter me from what I want to keep doing and keep growing in certain ways. And so, um, yeah, I just kept on the path. Like I didn't, I didn't stop moving um, and growing. And I think like always when I would go into a triad, it was like nervous, like how am I going to do? Um, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have like the mentality of like, I'm going to be so good. They like can't say no. I just was like, do what you do best. And you know what? At the end of the day, if that's enough, that's enough, <laughs> which is super boring. But honestly, like if, if I, I knew that I was trying my best and like giving it my all. And so I didn't have like that cutthroat mentality of like, I'm going to prove to you necessary. Like there were times and definitely in my career that I had that, but like overall, cause I was just trying to be like steady and consistent. And that's how I describe like my time with the national team. I was just steady and consistent um, to what they needed me to play, like the role that they needed me to play. Um, and so Praise God, I made the team. <laughs> so it was a really cool experience. Um, after 2012, I took 2013 off and just trained with my with my university, and so made the team 2014. And so 2015 was really only my second year. So I was definitely a newbie on the team for the 2016 Olympics. Yeah. No, I mean I just think it's it's great, right? You didn't let it deter you. Um, you know, you had the goal. Uh, you persevered, and uh, you know you played 15 Pan Am to help uh, win the gold, and then uh, qualifiers, and then Rio. So I just thought that was a great teaching point. I just you know if, if mm-hmm. young listeners and young players out there, um, you know don't let anything kind of hold you back. You know and push through and um, keep working at it. I guess that kind of leads totally. to my yeah, my leads to my next question. I haven't played a lot of games for Canada basketball and the program, do you look at your time uh, playing as, you know, you growing the game, growing the program uh, for women in the country? Like, is that something you've been able to kind of reflect back on? And especially, you know, just representing Edmonton so well and, um, you know, really putting on for the city and the province, do you, do you approach your time as, yeah, I, I'm making the program better and I'm I'm leaving it in a better spot? Yeah, I think especially with, um, I have more of the mentality in during during my time with 3x3 just because we've we've really started the project together from the it seems like the ground, but um, 
really had a big role to play with that. But definitely in um, in all the time with five on five basketball, I think um, honestly it started with just like I get to do this. But the more I reflect on like the years throughout, it's been a cool experience to um, to be able to have that experience to come back and show that it's possible to um, other players because. Like like I was saying before, I didn't really see when I was growing up the the women's national team on TV. Like I didn't really know that was a thing that I could do. <laughs> I didn't have that dream necessarily, but through um, taking open doors and taking different opportunities, um, it became something that I wanted to do. And so I think it's yeah, I think it's really important that if people, um, if young athletes have something that they have in mind of what they um, want to accomplish through sports as a vehicle, you know, the more you see that's out there, the more you can um, have that as a dream and goal um, and seeing that it's possible from, you know, Millwoods, Edmonton, Alberta, who knew, right. you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome that um, I'm able to come back here and share that um, share my story. Like the more people know that people's stories are different to get to where they got to, um, it gives hope. It's like, it's inspiring to see that, okay, you weren't always, you, I don't know, for the people that I, um, high under respect and, and, and being mentored and coached by, it's, it's always a process of like, okay, tell me where you used to be. Cause that what's actually gives me the most hope is that you were here and you made it to where you are now. Like the small beginnings give the most hope. Yeah, I know. I think it's like, listen, young players, and and now you know you're back home in the city, can see. Oh, that's Catherine Plouffe. You know, she played. She's an Olympian. She played for the national team, and um, you know, I think it it does inspire. Um, and, and Jermaine Buckner touched on it when um, I asked him his top five uh, of all time for Canada. He had you and Michelle in it because it is very important. Um, and special, and I just think you know that impact is long lasting. Um, speaking of a top five, Catherine, who mm-hmm. is your top or favorite five of all time for Canada basketball? Oh man, um, Michelle Plouffe. Um, okay, <laughs> well, that's cool. We're talking, I mean, about, we're talking about ever, right? <laughs> it's um, your five, so you can put whoever you yeah. want in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. Um, Kim Gauthier. Nice. Shona Thorburn. Um, Liz Murphy. How many is that? Is that four? <laughs> that's four, yeah. That's four. Um, <laughs> they're all women because I honestly never followed the men's national team before I was, you know, <laughs> the no, national that's cool. Team. I, I was hoping it would be all women. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I have to put Paige and Casey on there just because I love them both and they've just been huge nice. in what we've been able to do. So Six, hey. there you go. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, it's unique. Um, players in that five that have never been mentioned before. So I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's a tough question, and I know when, when yeah. people join us, it's, it's like um, I try to give them a heads up so they can have some time about it because there's been so many great players over the years. And, and you mentioned a lot of uh, OG vets, so I'm, I'm definitely down with that. Um, yeah. Catherine, any shout-outs, any shout-outs or thank yous before I get you out of here? We truly appreciate you joining us. Um, Man, just thank you for, you know, bringing, bringing people's stories to – to this platform um, and just shout out to all the people that have been part of my journey along the way. Um, sometimes it's success. Sometimes it's not, but stuck with me. nonetheless, obviously my sister and family been huge. Jermaine Buckner, huge, like a brother for sure. And yeah. just like all the teammates I've had that have just, you know, supported me in a role that I sometimes was uncomfortable to play, but we're like encouraging nonetheless. It's cool to be in an environment where 
you're all growing together and there's no competition against each other when you all have the ultimate goal. So it's a cool arena to be in. Yeah, great job. We, uh, you know, we wish you all the best as you continue your basketball career. Much love to you, Catherine. We, uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what goes down the road for you. Thanks, Matty. Appreciate all your time. Have a great one. Nope. Yeah, you too. That wraps up another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Catherine Plouffe for pulling up. Thank you to our listeners and followers. We appreciate the love and support. Please continue to download us wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.